Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, your source of accountability, inspiration, and motivation to become your best and reach your fullest potential every day. Our motto, it's simple, to use our determination to crush our everyday leadership tasks so that we dominate in our delivery of services and products to our clients and achieve victory and personal growth, profitability, and creating environments for those around us to prosper. Let's get this show started. Welcome back to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast. This is your host, Elena, and we have Justin, per usual, for our Q&A episodes. Thank you for listening in and being a part of our community. As always, we really appreciate when you take the time to leave a rating or a review, and you can do so whether you listen on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you listen on. We love hearing feedback from our listeners. That helps us to know what content you like hearing and what you want to hear more of or less of. So thank you so much for taking the time to do that if possible. So hi, Justin. Thanks for being on with us today. Hey, Elena. How are you doing today? I am doing well. We're recording on a Friday, which is a little bit of a different vibe than usually recording on Tuesdays or Thursdays. So maybe we'll have some different energy here today. (laughs) That is true. And uh, I mean, it's been crazy here. We've had just crazy weather in Georgia um, in terms of like rain. And like, it was like, I swear we were going to have to build Noah's Ark at one point. I mean, the dogs were in the bed, so snuggled up, but with Deborah and I, with this lightning and thunder and the storms, it was kind of crazy. So, um, not being able to record yesterday worked out just because the storms and the wind and everything really did a number uh, around here in Georgia so, and around the kitchen. So, yeah. it worked out best. But rainstorms and Mother Nature, it, she's obviously still nothing to mess with. So, yeah, we had really, really intense storms here, and we have had a lot of rain this season, but this is our first storm, I would say, even maybe all year with lightning and thunder. Like, usually we just get rainstorms, but it was really intense. It was crazy. My Wi-Fi was going in and out. I was honestly kind of freaked out by the lightning. Our dogs were covered in mud, so they were not cuddled up in the bed with us, but it was really, really intense. Um So it's nice because today I have the windows open, the screen doors open, and it is so sunny and beautiful until tonight at nine when it is supposed to rain yet again. So enjoying it while it lasts. There you go. So also just thank you, everyone. Please continue to give us five star reviews and giving us positive reviews and subscribing and downloading and listening to us however many ways that you are. Uh, You can also find me on Instagram at Justin Bizarro. And you can find this podcast on Instagram at Centurion Leadership Battalion for anyone out there that wants to keep updated with the things that we're doing. We would probably post more, um, especially on the Centurion, if we saw more engagement there and, and saw people um, engaging with the episode, or excuse me, engaging with Instagram just as much as they engaged with the episodes. So please follow us you know, please interact us uh, with us there too. That way we can add some value added content there and get more routine on that as well. So uh, Lane, if you want to give everyone your Instagram, um, I, that'd be awesome as well. And then we can get started. 
Yeah, we would love to hear from you, of course, on the Centurion Instagram, like Justin is sharing. And my personal Instagram is Elena.Hamadi. It's A-L-A-I-N-A dot H-A-M-A-D-E. And I'd love to connect with you all there. Awesome. All right, let's hop into our question. So our question for today is going to be, why is resiliency crucial in long-term leadership? It's a good question. Um, the main, the main thing about, you know, there's mental toughness and we talk about it. And I think there's a lot of habits we form and we talk about exercise and stuff like that, you know, and just to name a few, I've read pretty much every day of my life since I can remember, definitely since I've been in my been in my 20s or early 20s since I've been in college. I have a book that wasn't school related, just leadership or non-fiction or anything like that, just because I've been curious and I got a lot of value out of reading books or learning from other people in that way. That's, you know, part of resiliency, I would say, because it's enjoying or reading or forming that habit is pretty hard. The other thing is, is like, I'm pretty sure probably since I've been, I would guess 26, I've literally done at least a hundred pushups a day and a hundred squats a day, air squats, just out of trying to stay moving and a hundred sit-ups. I don't know why now, if I don't do it, I kind of freak out like something's bad's going to happen to me if I don't do them. But there's certain little resilient things that we do as humans just to keep up to par. And like all these years later, I was thinking about the push-up thing. Like, and I do 75 hard and all of those things, but it never occurred to me that I had these other things that I sort of instilled before when I was playing soccer and the push-ups and the air squats and all that. And I was like, Oh, what if I just did it every day? You know, what if I just don't let my body deteriorate? What if I just fight it, make sure that I have a, a benchmark that I fight every day. And interestingly, I didn't even think about it 42 years later and doing it all the time. And, um, and the only, and I will say this, there was a time I did not do push-ups, um, but I did do air squats and sit-ups, but it was because I had shoulder surgery. So there was about eight weeks in there. And when I was around 33 years old that I didn't do all hundred pushups a day when I had shoulder surgery. But after that, I worked my way back up to it, uh, especially the push-ups. And then ever since, it's just always been that way. Why am I saying this? I don't know what it is about habits that we can form that create resiliency that's good for long-term leadership. But somewhere along the way, we also have hard knocks and these habits that we form, like the bottle of water. Like I've been, I walked into an internship at a company called Global Technology Services when I was in my like 20, because as food service partners going, my dad's like, you got to go work for someone else and see what it really means to be in an office building and what it's like. If you want to have employees and build a, a corporation and a headquarters, you probably should know what other people are doing and get a little exposure. So that's what I did. And for whatever reason, while I was doing it, I got really cheap during the time. Like I limited my, I really got into nutrition, health, and I was playing soccer and, and, and trying to start to figure out what to output my body. And I struggled because I wasn't the healthiest person with alcohol and 
being a college student, but it's stuck there. It started the habits there. So for whatever reason, I just started drinking water all the time. Probably not a great thing that I kept using a plastic water bottle to keep drinking out of over and over again and would switch out the bottles after they got worn. I hear that's probably not good and cause cancer, but that's what I did. And so in business, there's a direct correlation to these habits. Like 24 years later as futurist partners, um, being both an entrepreneur that's built businesses and failed, that's built businesses and sold them off, and that's built businesses that are still around 24 years later, there's a difference when you start talking about major dollars in terms of, well, one, you go through major struggles. Um, let's talk about that. Like there's times where when you're around that long as a company, economies change, things change. If you're dependent on contracts, um, your business models change, so on and so forth. COVID happens, your environments change. But along the way, if every time you have to change or every time you're already preparing to change anyway, your business model, because you know you have to be resilient, you know you have to get the at least that 100 push-ups in a day, 100 sit-ups in a day, 100 um, air squats a day. And guys, I don't do it all at once. Some days it's like 20, 20, 20. Some days it's like 30, 30, 30, 10, 10, 10, you know, whatever, or sorry, 30, 30, 30, 10. And then across three items, it varies and I vary it on purpose just to keep the variation there so it doesn't become boring. And I have to either do it more or less times a day. But the reason that one is routine and the rest of my exercise is not, it's more like CrossFit um, and I integrate weight vest is because I am, the routine is doing the exercise that, and the switching up the exercise constantly leads to the uncomfortability. So I get used to uncomfortability in life. And when Andy Frisella did 75 hard, which I'm a big proponent of, he basically just formalized the things that, you know, if you've been in business long enough or an entrepreneur long enough that you start to know and feel, but we never put it on paper in the way that he did or structure in the way that he did, which was a moment of brilliance. And that being said, I don't want to talk about 75 hard, but I, what I do want to talk about is resiliency over 20 years. And as a company that has gone through major struggles and COVID and you know, even though we've been there for our clients through COVID and, and strikes with unions and earthquakes and uh, hurricanes and never missed a day of delivery and flooding in New York City, sometimes new people come into organizations and no matter what you've done for them, they have an idea in their head that they can do it better or they read something and they want to do it their way no matter how good it is. You can keep working on it. You can keep showing them. But for whatever reason, the grass is greener on the other side. So knowing that and being resilient in that, you are always creating opportunity. You're not waiting for opportunities. You're creating them. And those opportunities, as you get better and better at creating them, preparing, preparing for resiliency, you know, whether it's I want to become stronger, if I'm going to die, uh, if I'm going to tie a correlation to this, I'm going to do more than 100. I'm going to also work out two times a day at 45 minutes a day, like 75 hard and drink my water and eat my diet 
and so on and so forth and read my pages and do the self pick so um that's how we build resiliency we've got to train ourselves to do it in in an environment i grew up on a farm so some of it came just by nurture mowing the fields having chores being responsible for animals or they would die so on and so forth but the resiliency happens in where we can push ourselves and most humans we have no idea how resilient we are because we'll never go to an uncomfortable uncomfortable place because whatever it is and i know animals seek comfort but we are going to be the generation that has seeked such comfort at the expense of resiliency at the expense of growth at the expense of looking at answers that both make money and solve large problems or create a better world we sort of are, are really into chasing the money as a global world and as the world's westernizing and, and consuming more we do that and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with chasing wealth it's just what are we leaving behind in its path so resiliency you know i will say this as a person that's been an entrepreneur my whole life from mowing lawn companies from my parents teaching me to how to drive a tractor from when i was two years old and then starting to mow grass when i was four and starting to mow grass for other people by the time i was seven you know and mowing fields by the time i was seven and mowing fields for other people by the time i was 10 and then fruit stands by the time i could drive a car and coordinating all that and understanding organic farming and fruit stands by the time i was 18. that's just because i put myself out there it doesn't mean that it's not too late for anyone to do it but it still took me 42 years to get to where i am where the contracts or the food business or the things that we're talking about that hopefully pan out as we're pivoting as a company as covid lay waste to the world and new new people are coming into healthcare companies and and they want different things for for food no matter how much we put our employees at risk still never missed a delivery and our employees went right into covid uh, knowing that they might get sick and pass away, but they wanted to make sure we still delivered the food, you know, th that stuff doesn't matter. So knowing that, knowing that humans are humans and humans don't always see things, you know, it's like when I walk into the closet and I'm like, Deborah, where's the crackers? She's like, they're right there. I just bought them. I'm like, I don't see them. You didn't get them. You must have forgot them. And she's like, no, they're right here. And she points out, and it's literally like, maybe eight inches from my my eyeballs right in front of me you know on the shelf where it always is you know it's that type of thing that over a long term and over a resilient period as a human you know the mistakes people are going to make and you know that trying to keep them from making them is only going to hurt you and your business so you have to instead spend that energy being resilient and opportunistic so, I mean, if we're talking about really like three things to gain out of resiliency, it's you've got to form the habits now. And I 
personally as Justin Bizarro do not know any other way of doing it other than some physical activity of some sort, whether it's walking or if you're in a wheelchair, even moving in the wheelchair or just some physical activity. If you're, you can't physically be active right now, maybe you're setting smaller goals to be physically active. Maybe you're just lifting dumbbells in a chair, but you're doing something. I don't know what it is. And each person's different and, and I'm a different person. I, I haven't been able to sit still my whole life, but resiliency is really not wanting to be uncomfortable in the ways that I know of uncomfortable. You know, I've been overweight. I've been, you know, not as, as, as much as a lot of people, you know, I've been injured in a sport and lost dreams. I've been in businesses that have bad partnerships. I've been in businesses where partners make bad decisions or I've made a bad decision and we lost everything or the company because we weren't patient. I've made bad decisions. I've been around people that have made bad decisions, but in the end, um, I've learned from all of them and I've had the resiliency and the intelligence to spread out the risk. Um, and that's not saying I've spread myself thin. That means that we've built strategically, we've built slowly, we, we got good at things along the way and got resilient in those things, you know, frozen meals, fresh meals, meals to HPP, now beef jerky, now barbecue sauces and condiments and uh, hamburgers and meatballs and, you know, meals and direct to consumer fulfillment and, you know, farms and direct from farms and all the logistics, oh, and fruit and vegetable processing from the farms, you know? So we've grown this business off of resiliency and having to create opportunity out of hardship sometimes. And the business 24 years later, and with major, major hardships over the last two years because of COVID, and even though we've done all the right things, like I said, the world costs more money now, but in the world we live in, even though we do, we do sometimes people aren't willing to pay for it. So you've got to prepare where even if they're not willing to pivot, but if they're not going to give you what you need to be profitable and take care of your people and make sure they have upward mobility, you're going to have to figure out how to do that as a leader differently. So resiliency, I guarantee a lot of companies, a lot of entrepreneurs out there, or a lot of businesses that we work with, even if you're a corporation and you're searching out businesses to work with or contract with, how resilient is this business? What have they been through? What are the lessons they learned? How many people have been loyal to that business for how long to actually drive long-term value that benefits the contract that you're talking about? or the consumer or the client, how long have they been around really in business doing what they're doing? I'm not pointing fingers, but I can tell you that there are companies, food companies that sell food direct to consumers that have skated or are not even close to any food laws in the United States. They have just gone around it by not being, not going through inspections, crossing state lines and we just eat their food because we don't know as consumers. 
But in the long run, the resilient companies that do it the right way and aren't trying to scam the system and aren't trying to make more money by not doing it certified and or trying to grow their base and then do it later and cheat their way through the system, they don't last. I've seen it. Whether it's the newest trend in food, always, there's always majority of companies that don't have an idea they need to be patient and prepare for the long term, seven to 10 years, especially in food. And you're going to have to spend cash and you're going to have to learn lessons and you're going to have to find loyal people that are willing to learn long term skills and leadership skills and management skills and food skills to drive that business's value over the long run. Because, you know, businesses, yes, they don't last. If you got through a year, great, two years, great, three years, great. But when you start pushing 10, 15, 20 years and having to change cultures and grow cultures and change with trends and major economic disasters that may affect your business, it's a whole different ballgame. So long-term leadership, I think, is essential in that. And even you know, if you're thinking about long-term resiliency and leadership, the same is true if you're a parent and a family and you're having children. 18 years, that's resiliency. So what are your thoughts, Elena? Sorry, I went long-winded there. No, that's okay. It was really interesting to hear all of that. I think resiliency, I think obviously you hit the nail on the head with all of the personal examples and everything you shared, but I think resiliency is important in terms of this question. It's, you know, why is it crucial in long-term leadership? And I think obviously, you know, when you think of the word resiliency or you think of the word resilient, right? You think of someone who doesn't give up, who bounces back. And we talk about that a lot on different episodes. But, you know, the definition of a resilient person is able to withstand or recover quickly from difficult conditions. That's the actual textbook definition. I like to look those up when we do questions like this, just to have a better grasp on, you know, at the simplest form, what does this word mean? And I think it's crucial in long-term leadership because there's always difficult conditions. Even if you're not in leadership, life is just hard sometimes and situations and circumstances are difficult. And just adulting, you know, it, as all the memes say, adulting is rough. And I think in leadership specifically, if you're not a resilient person and you don't have resiliency as a character um, trait or a characteristic of yourself, it's really impossible to achieve success because you'll most likely quit, throw in the towel, give up right when things are hard. Um, and I think that, resiliency plays a part in, you know, the success that you've had, the success any entrepreneur ever has, because they go through tough things and they're willing to bounce back and they're able to bounce back. Um, those are my initial thoughts. I don't know if you have any further questions on that for me personally, but when we're talking about long-term leadership, I think that's why resiliency is so important. I agree with you, um, Elena, 100%. And I think one of the things that about resiliency and about being a long-term entrepreneur is that there's depression periods that if you're really visionary and you're really trying to make a difference and you really have hope for people and you're trying to figure it out, there's these periods of failure or defeat, even though you were actually probably for most people, they would see that you're successful when you have this business and all these employees and you're making all this money. But there's these, when you're that driven and you're a long-term leader and you have these long-term, really, really long-term goals that 
I wouldn't say every entrepreneur has, but a true entrepreneur has um, the few that are out there. And in that, in that purity, you gain the ability to get kicked down and, and be put on in rock bottom situations. Like I can definitely say in my entrepreneurial years at food service partners in the 24 years, I've literally personally, you know, I lost a best friend um, in 2007, but that, that's personal, right? That's a rock bottom that you're like, how do I deal with this and, and pick things back up? You know, um, but in business, you have rock bottoms where relationships happen or you make a mistake personally that affects your business or you're trying something and you believe something and you see something for the future now, but you can't get anyone to get there right now. And those periods are important and you feel alone and you grow a lot from them. And sometimes you don't feel like you're getting anywhere, but the resiliency and the growth that happens um, and the ability to get knocked down or hit rock bottom and be able to sort of pick yourself back up by your bootstraps, be able to still lead everyone, be able to still inspire everyone when you yourself may not feel inspired. That's, that's it in a nutshell. I mean, the resiliency comes also in people seeing that you are resilient. You know, in Georgia here right now, or at food service partners as a whole, the resiliency, if they haven't seen it or they don't believe it um, everywhere, they definitely see it here in Georgia now as a human, as a leader, as a company that's built all over the country. We, I haven't always spent as much time in the locations as I should have. But now with the situations we've gone through and having to step up and be a leader that's actually having to physically be in the businesses again, the resiliency is there. And the skills that I gained or the 75 hard or the push-ups or the hardships that I'm talking about, the three, the three blunders at work would probably be the same as the three blunders, I would say, in my personal life to go along with it. And I would say blunders in that either I made a choice or I had made a mistake and I was trying to correct it for my life or whatever. But those type of things gave me resiliency and made me who I am today as a leader. And because of that, because of my willingness to do that and others at Food Service Partners, uh, Primal Rock, Ron Strong, Better With Baking Fat that are, have been willing to do that as well and our other subsidiaries over the years, we were able to still be standing today and still be competing on a very large scale with our largest facilities we've ever built, you know, during COVID, which wasn't ideal on top of everything else, but we still had to complete what we started. We had no idea we were going to start two construction projects to to move into a new larger facility in California and into a 123,000 square foot facility in Georgia. 
but COVID swept in a couple months into construction and the show must go on as Queen says. So we did it. We had, it was either cut bait, but we knew that we had to hit the gas and being resilient, you know, when everyone else is down is where there's the opportunity. And while everyone else is still figuring out or trying to move forward or dropping contracts or thinking they need new business, we had to make sure that we collected every opportunity we could along the way. And that's what resiliency will teach you. Resiliency will teach you that there's always an opportunity, even if you're creating them yourself, when you need them, when you need to exercise them, when you need to be prepared to do it. And along the way, as a, and as a corporation or as a company, as large as we are, all the employees now are in uncomfortable situations on a regular basis. Even if we don't need to be, we're trying to do new things. We're trying to get, be the best in peaches and be the best in pecans. So we get uncomfortable with those items on purpose. Practice, 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 practice. So that's what resiliency will teach you. So thank you everyone for listening in. And Elaine, I'll let you do any closing comments to what I said and take us home. Definitely. Well, thank you for sharing all of that with us. And just for all your personal examples, I think it's really helpful for the audience to hear. And in terms of losing your friend and just those personal struggles, obviously so sorry that you had to go through that, but I think even personal resiliency is important, um, in leadership, not just, you know, professional resiliency, business resiliency, because if you're facing something in your personal life, it's really hard to not allow that. Obviously when you have your own business or you're an entrepreneur, you have to have boundaries to where, you know, your personal life and your, your business life, professional life are separate entities and they have to operate separately. But when you go through something like that, you know, so hard in your personal life, think of all the people who, you know, experience divorce and have a business or the loss of a, of a loved one, whatever it may be, or a sickness or an illness, you have to have resiliency in those times too, um, in order to continue on and have a successful business or be successful in any kind of leadership. So I think that those really do go together well. Um, and both are very, very important. So I just wanted to point that out, but besides that, I think we wrapped up the topic really nicely. Um, thank you all for listening in with us and like we shared in the beginning, thanks for, you know, leaving us your feedback of the podcast and also connecting with us on social media. And we look forward to the next episode. Awesome. Thank you.